Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Anyone who has completed a 23andMe genetic test knows that there is a lot that can be learned from your DNA. Where your ancestors were from, certain diseases uh, that you might be predisposed to, whether or not it is cultural appropriation when you wear a sombrero on Cinco de Mayo, or if you are just expressing your 0.01% Latino heritage. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's still cultural appropriation. Um, But why stop it just your DNA. You are more than yourself, which isn't just a slogan you might see on a poster in a high school counselor's office. It's true because the bacteria in or on your body outnumber your human cells by a ratio of 10 to one. So remember that if you gained a little winter weight, that it's not just you getting pudgy. You are only a 10th of yourself to begin with. And speaking of guts, A staggering amount of those bacteria that are in you are in your gut. The human gut microbiome has been the topic of many discussions in human health over the past decade. And what if using the genetic profile of the bacteria in your gut, we could answer key questions about a person's health? Although the benefits of this are still yet to be understood, an answer to this question was being sought by a San Francisco-based company, Ubiome. Like a 23andMe for poop, you could send, <laughs> it is, it's true, you could send off a stool sample to Ubiome and they would give you a comparison to other people's gut bacteria. At first, the company won accolades, but after a few years in operation, their company lies in ruins and their co-CEOs are wanted fugitives on the lam. Find out more on this week's decidedly more shitty episode of White Collars, Red Hands. There is no way I am voluntarily doing a stool sample. What? I mean, you you, you shit in the toilet. Now you just got to put it in a bag. What's the difference? No, I'm not mailing my poop. Well, you get to put it in your freezer first. That helps. (laughs) Like a, uh, oh shit, what's that called? Damn it. I don't know what it's called. It's in your brain, not mine. An Alaskan pipeline. Oh, gross. (laughs) I'm sad that I paused for that. I don't want to hear that. If any of you at home don't know what that is, leave it that way. Because I'm sad that I do. Oh, gross. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, (laughs) to another episode of White Collars Red Hands. It's Kashan. And Nina. (laughs) And we're here today. And the Alaskan pipeline and no, in the freezer. No, 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 no. No, I mean, hey, I guess, you know, it, it might mess up the sample, honestly. <laughs> they got to test it for stuff. So I wouldn't recommend it. So you would freeze the poop and then mail it? Yeah. doesn't yeah. stay frozen, though. It's going to thaw. Well, they, it needs to thaw for them to take to do the test. I hate all of this, and we haven't even started. No. Yeah, that's what, that's what this is. Uh, these still exist, by the way. Um, Ew. For, for those of you who don't know, I'm getting a master's in biotechnology. In poop. Not in poop. Not specifically. Kashad is going to have his BS in shit. Yeah, that's what the S stands for, actually. Bullshit poop degree. <laughs> How old are you, man? Like, these are the jokes you're coming up with today? Jesus. I didn't, I didn't even know this episode was about poop. You sound like a third grader right now. <laughs> but I, I'm getting it. And one of the one of the topics that, that we discuss is microbial diversity. And actually, we were getting pitched to by companies like recruiting right now as part of the as part of the process. We had a company come in today that does these very similar things. And they're still around. So this is still a thing people are looking into. You buy them, uh, as I kind of hinted to or said outright, they're not around anymore. They uh, they kind of did a lot of bad stuff, which is what we're here to talk about. Well, maybe this will come up later, but yeah. is, is it? did they need a specific type of poop or here's, does here's, it matter? Here's the thing, Nina. I didn't really get into the logistics of, of what it takes. Could you send them diarrhea? 
I if it fits in the bag, I think, yeah. It, but it's probably frowned on. They'd probably be like, please don't do this. But like I guess Ooh. it could work. Ooh. But like I, I said, poop. I didn't super get into the logistics of it because it didn't matter. There's no way I could research this episode. I'm so glad this wasn't mine. Well, great. I would have gone down a a toilet hole of poop. I, it, keep keep track of how many. It, it, take a shot every time Nana says poop today because oh, it's gonna be a lot. You're gonna be drunk. You probably are drunk already if you started playing at the beginning. <laughs> um, so Ubiome, Ubiome was founded in 2012, uh, as many biotech companies are, by an entrepreneur and a scientist. The entrepreneur in the relationship was Jessica Sunshine Richmond. The sun shined out her ass. Yeah, explain that one. Have you ever heard, like, people are like, ah, they think the sun shines out their ass. I've never heard that. I've never uh, heard that. I guess I'm not hanging out with, like, 97-year-olds <laughs> who are, like, barely clinging to life. That must be what you do in your free time, but no, not me. I, I'm not making it up. <laughs> uh, Jessica Sunshine Richmond, uh, who in all of her bios, uh, said that she started and sold her first company just after high school. Although, I could not find what company this was. It and, was her lemonade stand yeah, on the block. She and she sold it to her mom for like 10 bucks. <laughs> She's like, you're going to have this back, mom. I'm going to put this in every LinkedIn bio that I have from here on out. Um, I can't find what company that was, but you're going to learn throughout this. She's not really super reliable, so it's it might be a lie. She isn't regular? And maybe she is. I don't know. But she's not reliable. Mm. Um, she would go on to work at Google, uh, McKinsey, and Lehman Brothers, among others. Like, you know, some big some big name companies. And she received a master's from Oxford in collective online intelligence. And then she also got a PhD uh, later in kind of the same vein, like this social intelligence kind of uh, theory. Um, um, you know, who else went to Oxford was... Um the one coin girl, uh, Ruja Ignatova. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe she. Maybe were, they were classmates. Maybe she learned some stuff from her. I guess they are kind of like around the same age. Um, so she, uh, Jessica Richmond, was the CEO of Ubiome, and the scientist in the relationship was uh, Zachary Apti. Also goes by Zach Apti. Uh, he was the CTO of Ubiome. He had a PhD in biophysics from the University of California, San Francisco, and was published multiple times in the field of microbiome ecology and synthetic biology. Synthetic biology is what I do, and microbiome ecology is most of what his papers were in. Um, the two formed the company and initially sold at-home tests for people interested in how their gut bacteria compared to others. Uh, you drop a deuce in a bag, like I said, you put that bag in a box, slap a label on it, and ship your shit to Ubiome, uh, who would identify the collection of bacteria in your gut and send you back results from the screen showing how your gut microbiome compared to others who have taken the test. Hmm. Now, when they ask you if it's liquid, perishable, potentially hazardous, lithium batteries, or perfume... It's not going on a plane. Wouldn't it be potentially hazardous? It's not going on a plane. I... I what? I they ask me that when I'm mailing packages? What are you mailing? Gee, I don't think I, I don't remember ever having to answer that. I just put it in the box. <laughs> That's it. Slap a label, give it to them. I'm sure they know. It's got some sort of warning on it. I don't know. Um, and uh, believe it or not, uh, this ties into a recent episode of ours, actually, as the, the company's idea was originally started where all good potato salads start online crowdfunding. Go fund me! They raised their initial funding of $350,000 from Indiegogo. What? Oh, I forgot about Indiegogo. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, so they, they started this company based off crowdfunding because it still is, but it was an even bigger craze in like around 2012. Like people were like, we need to know the bacteria that's in our gut. They thought it was, and some people still do. They think that it's like, the the key to all health insights like like they they think that there's correlations and there's been some articles about correlations between different kinds of bacteria and like stuff like depression levels there definitely mm -hmm. is some correlation between it and like irritable bowel syndrome things like that yeah um but they think that it might be like the key to unlocking everything behind a person's health oh god maybe who knows so it was crowdfunded a lot of people bought into it um 
They marketed that these kind of genetic analyses, uh, once again, could be used to understand the mechanisms behind IBS and Crohn's disease. Which oh, that is, one will make you poop. Both be, of them. Uh, as well as stuff like C. diff. Oh, C. diff is bad. Yeah. Uh, still, even to this day, though, there are many questions about the microbiome, how it operates, and what it actually does, and what the actual correlations mean. So I don't know how helpful these kind of, like the results to these kinds of tests were for people, especially in 2012. My grandpa had C. diff, and he told me that he ate orange jello, and then when he pooped, it looked like orange jello. It just smelled Woof. different. Woof. And then he grabbed my grandma and made her look at it. He's like, Carolyn, you have to see this. That's a marriage. You know? <laughs> That's when you know that if you feel comfortable enough to grab your significant other and be like, literally, look at what I did in the toilet, like you're a, like you're a five-year-old, and they have to go like, oh, my God, good job. She was you like, know? that's crazy. Yeah. Because that does look like orange jello. That's a marriage right there. They, 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 they loved each other. They did. Now yeah. he's dead. Well, happens. Uh, so besides all this, they did launch uh, their proprietary tests for the microbial diversity in both the guts and vaginas of customers. They did vaginas, too. Uh, so you just, like, swabbed your badge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave yourself a um, pap smear? Yeah, a little pussy swab. Send that in. <laughs> You know, and then they and then they like they did science on it. I don't think I'd want to shove a Q-tip up it's my science, vagina. And, and they give you your your little your your uh, vagina fingerprint. You know, they're like my tunnel print. Look at look at how unique your vagina is, and and how it and how each, it is compared to others. Each one is its own beautiful flower. You have a lot of oh my god, what is this? Saccharomyces cerevisiae in there? What's that? That's yeast, bro. Oh, I got a lot of that. They're like oh my god. <laughs> This is, we have a. How do you think I made all that sourdough while we were in lockdown during the pandemic? Disgusting. At least you, you, homegrown you, baby. It's always going to start with you wherever you go. Yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, well, they would have loved you because uh, <laughs> because they were handing these out left and right, and uh, you buy them. Dub these tests Explorer. What was the name of the test? Stop. I don't know. Uh, the the cost was about eighty nine dollars per person per sample processed. Mm mm. For a test. Ain't no way. Twenty three and me still to this day costs about one hundred twenty nine dollars. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's roughly roughly equivalent. Um, Richmond and Apti decided a couple of years into the company, though, to shift their business model. Uh, venture capitalists were expressing concerns over the company's profitability. Eighty nine dollars a test uh, wasn't going to cut it, and the founders wanted even more money. Obviously, uh, so they decided the best way to do this uh, was by providing clinical tests instead of consumer facing tests uh clinical tests are diagnostics that a physician orders uh to inform medical decisions and can usually be paid through insurance uh stuff like uh when nina goes and gets that pap smear for all of her yeast problems Mm -hmm. that is once a year baby that's a clinical diagnostic uh and your insurance probably pays for that yes it does that's a clinical diagnostic uh if ubiome was able to market its tests as clinical diagnostics, they could charge insurance companies multiple times more, up to 30 times more for the same test because the healthcare system in America is absolute dog water. It, they charged up to like twenty seven ninety or something per test to insurance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 2,790. 2,970. Wow. Like, $2, like $2,900 per, per person. That's crazy. I rounded up. It's 30 times 100 is 3,000, whatever. Um, in November 2016, uh, Ubiome followed through on this promise and launched its first clinical test called Smart Gut, which was basically just Explorer, but made some claims about providing some more health insights into your gut health. Stuff like showing you... In her gut Explorer? It's like the Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer? I hardly know her. <laughs> Um, ugh. <laughs> but they said that this test could do a few more things like showing you the proportion of bacteria that are highly associated with obesity. I guess that was the thing. You got Can't me. you just tell if you're obese? You don't need to like put some, you don't need to test your poop. But I think the thing is, is they're like, maybe that's why you're obese. Maybe changing, maybe taking a probiotic and changing your gut microbe, microflora might help you lose weight i think that was the idea behind it i don't know if that's really maybe it's also all the nacho supported. cheese i ingest 
Yeah, yeah, I do think that it's probably other things. God, I love nacho cheese. Um, and they would also tell you your, and this is a real thing, they said your gut age. Whatever the hell that means. Oh, yeah, I mean, they say that about, like, lungs and stuff. Compared to your real age, how old's your gut? Uh, that just sounds like bullshit to me. I'm yeah, they're li- like they say, like, your internal health versus, like, your actual health. Sure. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Sure. I, I, I just, I don't buy it. Um they would then bill insurance for these tests, like I said, up to around $3,000 a test. And with this shift in business strategy, Ubiome started its trajectory to fraud. All right. So first things first. Uh, these tests obviously require approval of some kind, mm-hmm. right? You, you can't just, you know, I can't just walk into uh, a doctor's office and be like, send me, send me come, I do tests. I do tests and I'll send you results. It's called the it's it's called the my spunk test. It's, it's going to be great, and then I tell you how your cum relates to other people's. Maybe I could actually once I get this degree. Yuck. Legally, but I'm not going to do that. All right, uh, but I can't do that. It requires some kind of approval. Someone needs to sign off on it. Um, the FDA does not cover approval of these kind of diagnostics, however, Uh, but they do need something called a clinical laboratory improvement amendment or CLIA certificate. Uh, This is required for labs to conduct tests on human samples and is also required uh, before you report results to patients. Although I'm pretty sure without it, you can still collect the samples. You just can't like report results back so it's functionally that wouldn't be worth it you have to, you, you functionally have to have this certificate to be able to do the tests okay um while ubiome did receive these certificates for every iteration of their clinical diagnostic tests ubiome had started submitting claims to insurance companies for smart gut tests run in november of 2015 even though smart gut wasn't launched officially until november of 2016 okay so they were back like they were like back uh, claiming these. They, they were forward claiming them before it was before they had the certificate. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Oh, okay, they were I charging see. insurance and they were sending results to patients before they received these necessary certificates. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, so they can't do that. Um, and it believe it is believed that they were already charging insurance companies uh, for existing tests. Uh, requested by consumers. So like even the ones that they hadn't performed yet, they were already charging insurance for. Um, Ubiome would update their tests to detect more microbes uh, releasing SmartGut 2.0 and 3.0, as well as their uh, clinical vaginal microbiome test called SmartJane. That's so stupid. Oh, the name? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can't call it like, like Smart Vulva. What about smart veg? Oh, and the V, in the like the V or the U involved, it could be like a little. Ball. Yeah, that'd be cute. Huh? Ah, we got to do this. Come on. Uh, and for all of them, it was uh, charging insurance for tests and reporting results before officially receiving their CLIA certificate. So for every test they did, this was a track record. They were charging insurance. They were reporting results uh, months to an entire year before they actually received their certificate. Um, so not good already. But you might be asking yourself, who is even prescribing these tests in the first place if they don't really have a lot of medical significance? And that's a good question. Um, and it might surprise you or not to find out that most of the requests for these diagnostics were not placed through the patient's primary care providers. They didn't go to their normal doctors and ask for them and get them. Uh, instead, most of them were submitted through an online doctor's portal Hmm. that was started and operated by Ubiome, not a third party. And Apti and Richmond would find that doctors were not ordering their tests. So they approached what is basically a temp company for doctors and got a pool of physicians that they trained to look at questionnaires, like just like click questionnaires submitted by people through an online portal and issue requests for smart gut and smart Jane tests for those patients. Interesting. Um, this was all done to increase the number of times that Ubiome could bill insurance companies. Uh, but for insurance, it is improper billing practice to charge for a test when the physician did not meet the person, like did not meet the patient in person. 
or at least have some sort of like briefing with them over the phone or Zoom. Like they have to have like I forget the name for it, but they have to have like an actual meeting. Okay. Where they they talk and there's like a discourse about their options and why they're getting it. Mm. And all these things you can't just like submit a questionnaire saying like I want one and then them send out the request for it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, it's it's so people we're I'm sorry if I like am no, misunderstanding. No, 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 no. Are people still able to order the eighty nine dollar test or are they only through the doctor now? No, they're only through the doctor Heard. now. Okay. Uh because I mean, I think from the company's perspective, why would you offer the thing at a lower Well, price? yeah, why would you sell it for $89 if you can charge $3,000? Exactly, and that's the whole reason they moved to this anyway, this model. Um, so patients, however, were just answering brief surveys, and the doctors on the other end were told to approve the tests even if they didn't have symptoms. And if doctors didn't comply, then you buy them would just fire them. They would just get a new doctor. That happened to a couple of them. Um, you buy them also found a few other ways to increase the number of times they could charge patients insurance and not always to the patients or the doctors on their portal's knowledge. When a patient would get a test, they would instead receive multiple, like you'd order one and you'd get like five or six showing up to your door. And you buy them would tell them that they were going to track their gut health over time. They're like, oh yeah. Sneaky. Yeah, you just send in like six of these. Like and, every so often. Yeah, and then we'll tell you what your your gut microbiome looks like every month. Isn't that great? You get to shoot in a bag six okay. times. Yeah. You know? Um, one customer said that he asked for one, received six, actually sent back two after Ubiome constantly messaged him to send in the samples, like harassing him, like, like multiple emails a day, calls, like the whole gamut. What? Yeah. They were really pushy about it. And then... Uh, noticed that his insurance was still billed for five tests. So he got six, sent back two, and his insurance got billed for five. He should have only been billed for two. Yeah, which is $15,000 is what his insurance got billed for five tests. Oh, shit. They also started this practice, it would be super dubious, called upgrades, where they would offer patients who had taken previous iterations of the test the ability to retest that original sample they sent in um, with the new test. And this was offered as a simple like upgrade all button on their patient on their patient portal that was made purposely easy to press. So that you could just like when you're going to your portal, you're just like, oh yeah, I'll upgrade, upgrade all. And you have like you sent back five tests and now they do like five more tests with all the samples again with their new one and bill your insurance every time for a new test. The exact same samples from the first time were then retested and billed to insurance again, although there was no medical precedent that stated any of the data collected from an old sample was relevant. Because that's the thing, they like take it and like freeze it and like take it out and retest it, but like things could have changed in that time. You know, like if you're really looking at the microbial diversity that's that's in the sample, you freeze it, things are gonna change. Yeah, after you freeze it. Yeah, so then you retest it. It's like it's probably not even accurate. Or yeah, there's no, yeah, if things are changing, there's no medical reason to do it, and they're they're just doing it to charge three thousand extra dollars to your insurance. Nice. Yeah, um, they also purposefully misled their doctors in the doctor portal because they knew uh, that the doctors would ask questions about retesting the same samples, so they would resubmit old questionnaire applications. For the patients, they would just resubmit them again to the doctor uh, without the doctor's knowledge and without the patient's knowledge uh, to get the doctor to approve an unnecessary test, thinking it's a new one. Nice. Yeah. Uh, sometimes even fabricating new symptoms that the patient did not report to make sure that they that's, got That's really bad. To yeah. lie, like, the whole thing's bad, but then to change what people are saying is even worse. Yeah, so they, like fabricated their questionnaires, resent them back to the doctors, and they were just the same thing over and over again to get them to reapprove it. So it's just like fraud in the most basic sense. Yeah. Like they're lying about everything purposefully just for the money. Yeah. Um, the patients and doctors were not the largest targets of the cons Ubiome was concocting, however. The entire company was developed as a way, obviously, to leech money from insurance providers, including the largest insurer in the United States, the government through Medicare and Medicaid. Jesus um, Christ. I think something insane like 50% of like the health 
costs are like paid by Medicare every year or something. Something wow. insane. That I could be pulling that out of my ass, just, you know, putting that out there. But it's high. They are the biggest insurer is Medicaid and Medicare. So whenever someone's doing these kind of insurance frauds, they're stealing from taxpayers largely. Nice. So remember that, uh, that when someone, you know, because we had a TikTok recently where people were talking yeah. about, people are like, yeah, they're getting the insurance companies. It's like, yeah, but if they're doing insurance fraud, they're likely largely targeting Medicare and Medicaid. So they're stealing from taxpayers. Yeah, it's, it's like good. it looks like the big man is getting taken advantage of. But in all reality, it's people who are, are poor. Yeah, it's the little people. It's just disguised and indirect, which is yeah. the, which is the problem with white collar crime. Right. Is that it goes through all these channels and it's hard to keep track of and it's messy and it takes knowledge to understand it a lot of the times. But most of the time, it's affecting normal people. Yeah, I mean, how many episodes have we done where, like, people's retirements were gone yeah. and things like that? That yeah. It's not just a company failing. It, 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 right. it affects normal, Everyday regular people. people. Yeah. Um, so Ubiome would purposefully mislead insurance providers on their billing in a few ways. One was to manipulate the dates when re- or when submitting the claims to conceal that they were conducting multiple tests or upgrade tests. So they would change the dates to make it seem like, oh, they were farther apart or they were on the same day. Anything to try and throw them off of it. Um, and also used false dates to skirt problems with patients reaching their insurance policy deductible or out-of-pocket limit like if they knew that it was like the calendar year was rolling over they'd like switch it so they could still get money from the insurance if they, mm. if they moved it to a different date so they were fiddling with all the dates to make sure that things got approved by insurance um part of the insurance agreement uh is that the patients usually have to pay for at least part of the services covered it's called the patient responsibility uh and this could be through co-pays um, and with insurance companies, uh, they will, they'll, they'll tell you that this whole system, uh, at least this is what they told me in my classes is that it's, um, keep some accountability on the patient to choose good services because if they have no, like if you have no money in the race and this is, this is their argument, no mind, uh, that if you have no money in the race, then you won't care about the the services you're getting so you won't make sure to try and choose the best service available that is very faulty thinking i mean i i see it a little bit but only because the healthcare system is already so fucked up because they let so many what are called like me too therapies come in where it's uh it's the same thing that's already existed and we don't need another one but now there's all this like competition. So like you could choose, like you could be choosing the brand name when a generic is available to you when by definition, they're literally the same thing. Like I could see that. Like if, you, if, if, if it just got paid for either way, but it really is reliant on our system. You know, like this is like a serpent eating its own tail kind of logic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't really think I agree with that. And like, and like I put on here, obviously there's some debate there either way. Uh, they want patients to be liable for a portion of the cost, and it's in the contracts that they have. So you have to keep it that way. Um, Ubiome instead ran on a pilot period that lasted for an extended amount of time between 2015 and 2019, where they would pay for all out-of-pocket costs not covered by insurance incurred by the patients through a patient assistance plan. That is also the other thing. This is also a way to commit insurance fraud is that to get customers to come be, so you can charge insurance, they do this. I did the same thing with Novartis with drugs where you can't do these kind of programs where you'll only pay for the patient side so that you can charge like 10 times the amount mm-hmm. of insurance because that's insurance fraud. And yeah. largely it is to Medicare because part of our system is Medicare can't negotiate prices on drugs, which is messed up and needs to it change. Is. And I won't even go on the full rants, but it's so stupid. I mean, the whole healthcare system in this country is stupid. We need to fix it. Um, so they would pay for all of the all of the patient responsibility, and actually, they would even incentivize patients to order more tests by providing them gift cards, thereby paying them instead. All unbeknownst to the insurance providers. 
That's crazy. Yeah, they give them like a $25 like Amazon gift card or something. Like if they order Oh, more naughty. I thought you meant like gift cards for you buy them. No, they would just they no, would No, just anywhere. Yeah, they would literally just give them gift cards to to entice them to order more tests so they could bill insurance more. That's crazy. Yeah, it's fraud. Uh through all of these schemes, Ubiom submitted insurance claims for an excess of $300 million from 2015 to 2019 and was paid $35 million on these claims. Damn. Uh, all insurance claims also have a, a billing code, like, uh, and it's seen as more reliable if one service has one billing code so that it's really transparent and they, they know what's happening. So you know Ubiom did... The exact opposite of that. Uh, Ubiome purposefully used multiple codes to keep their claims confusing uh, to keep insurance companies off their backs. Um, they went even further than that to keep the insurance companies off of them uh, because those companies started asking questions. I mean, you can't blame them. Because they started being like, something's shady here. Yeah. Uh, and they were specifically asking for documentation that proved that these doctors were meeting with the patients to warrant this kind of volume of tests that they were ordering. Yeah. Um, but since they weren't doing that, Ubiome just falsified a bunch of chart notes and faked meetings and sent them to insurance providers. And while they did this, they used real doctors' names and they're, they, ha, they have like a 10-digit identification yeah. number. They were also using those without the doctor's knowledge. Oh, my God. Uh, that's like that's like using someone's social security number. Basically, yeah. Like without their permission. That, well, at all. You shouldn't be using anybody's social security number that isn't your own. Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, they just totally fake documents. They made everything up. And that's kind of what they were doing the whole time. Uh, they were just like, I don't know, just make it up and just like try to get as much. I don't know what their end game was because literally they, they may have not even known what their end game was. Yeah, they were just make, they started on Indiegogo. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Fair. They both have doctorates, but yeah, they're just you know whatever. Um, this whole time, uh, they were also pitching the company to investors using the amount of insurance billing claims as like the main statistic and main thing to show that their company was doing well in these pitch meetings. They would be like, oh, we have like so many billings in this period. Here's like the money in billings that we build to insurance this period. That's like what they were hinging on in all of these. Insurance billing claims uh, was the main reason to invest and they projected that billing for client tests was going to be a whopping 97% of the company's revenue in 2020. So 97% was coming from these insurance billings. So there's nothing else besides this insurance. Yeah, that's all they have. That is literally all they're doing is is running these same tests over and over again and bleeding money from insurance companies. Um, Apti and Richmond use their inflated profits, profits from this improper billing scheme to raise money in a Series C venture capital push. They use the phrase, ordered by doctors, reimbursed by insurance as a kind of like tagline when pitching both part when pitching this both parts of this claim we've now proved were misleading at right. best and outright outright lying at worst they faked the doctors and they also were faking the insurance everything is fake um they use their revenue to their revenue growth to reach an estimated worth of $300 million at their highest and received over $100 million in this investment round alone, including a sale of stock personally owned by Apti and Richmond. They sold their own stock to the tune of $12 million, directly enriching them further. Additionally, they knew that the entire time they were raising this money in late 2018 and early 2019, that 18 different insurance providers had reached out claiming Ubiome had, and they used some of these words, had committed outright fraud, and they were demanding clawback payments for the money that they had already given them for those insurance claims. While they were pitching all this, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what was going through their mind. Um, also, if you want to talk about some, some really low-down misrepresentation, mm -hmm. uh, Jessica Sunshine Richmond might have been a pathological liar or well, something, because not even about all this, 
because she also got caught lying to a reporter saying that she was under 30 to make it onto a top 30 businesswomen under 30 list. And they were pretty shocked to find out that she was actually, she said she was 40 at one point, And they were like, you're 40? Like later, like like in an interview. She was 43. What the fuck? She was even older. Did she not, did she look really good? Eh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess it was believable enough. But I mean, like, look. Not really? Let me see this. Let me see this broad. Oh, man. Classic white colors, red hands, Googling the people we're talking about so we can see if they're hot. Or we young, do the, we do, do that a lot. It's every week. What do you mean a lot? I mean. She could be. She's one of those people. But yeah, she's. 40. She definitely doesn't look under 30. Yeah. She's one of those people because she has a good forehead. No forehead lines. Oh, that one. She doesn't look very good. Um. She could be like, I'm 32, and it's like, oh, you're a rough 32. Or I'm 43, and you go, oh, you look good for 43. Yeah. Well, either way, she was not under 30. No. Uh, and she made it into this article. They put her in the article, uh, and it was from, like, CBS or, like, like a, a, a big name. Like, it wasn't, like, no one. Uh and she would portray it prominently on their website as well as send it to possible investors. Like, look at what I, I made it onto a top 30 under 30 list. Um, and I, I'm going to go off on a, on a mild tangent here because I learned, uh, I, I had read this a couple times and I thought about this the other day while writing this. Um, the fact that a disproportionate amount of the people that make it onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list uh, end up going to prison. Oh, interesting. Like like a lot. Um, the big tagline number uh, that gets touted about is that Forbes 30 under 30 have collectively raised $5.3 billion in funding for their projects, for their companies, but have been jailed in over $18 billion worth of scams. Whoa! And some of the infamous alums uh, that have been on this list are previous topics of this show, such as Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos and Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX, which are probably, they're committing a lot of money to that 18 billion. Yeah, they are. That 18 billion dollar number. Both of them are. But yeah, something something insane. Like I think I couldn't, I kept looking for the actual statistic, but it was not anywhere. But I could have swore they said like 70% of these people get arrested, like of the 30 under 30 have been like arrested for frauds. And it's almost like that if you gain that much success under 30, you have to be doing something illegal. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. It's almost like that. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, like you got out of college when you were 22. Yeah. And in eight years, you're making that much money. I couldn't run a company now. <laughs> you should have given me a company when I was 22. Are you kidding me? I can't. No, I should never run a company. No, they're con. They're con people because you have to have that much confidence to think you're capable of doing it. I'm just not even smart enough to run a con. You're not smart enough to run a, a shaved ice machine. Hey. <laughs> hey now. Hey now. This is what dreams are made of. But also, distract your Hillary Duff. I think I could run a shaved ice machine. Depends on the size and complexity. If it's just one of the ones if that you plug I can it in, it's brew kinda... coffee and tea at work, I can run a shaved ice machine. I think a shaved ice machine is much harder than a coffee than coffee or tea. I've never ran a shaved ice machine. I don't really know what's all involved. Well, then we'll never know. Next week, we run a shaved ice machine on white color. Come on, it can't be harder than a slushy machine. Basically, is a slushy machine. Yeah, you just pour in your stuff and you turn it on. Now, if it breaks, I'm at. I can run the machine. I just can't fix it. <laughs> I, you, I can run the machine into the ground. Am I right? All right. Um, you would also be kind of right if you saw some connections, by the way, of today's story uh, with the Theranos story of Elizabeth Holmes specifically. Uh, it's another Silicon Valley biotech startup that overpromised and underdelivered on a product that was rushed to market to hit earnings numbers, uh, but was really just a giant scam. And people really do equate these two. A lot. I will say the only difference between the two is that the Edison may have worked at some point for Theranos, but was literally just completely non-functional. All of the all of the science behind what Ubion was doing is sound. Like 
we have these systems in place to be able to identify different kinds of bacteria in anything. They were just doing it specifically for the microbiome. Like all the science is there. It's just about the, well, does the interpretation mean anything? But, but, but you know, it's close. The, these kind of like fake it till you make it ideas, which we talked a lot about in the Theranos episode, um, is bad for biotech because it's health. Yeah. Right. You're, well, yeah, that is really bad. You're in the health sphere. You can't, you can't do that. No. Or at least you shouldn't. Like you can do it. We, we said it then you can do it with iPhones, but you shouldn't do it with human lives. It's right. It's not okay. It's not cool. So, Ubiome just got awarded millions of dollars in funding using many metrics that were falsified, but insurance companies were breathing down their necks for money, and that threatened to destabilize the entire operation. However, that wasn't the worst that they would have to contend with. In the beginning of May, Jessica Richmond posted this tweet. <clears throat> My 2019 is off to a great start. At... Dur oh, wait. At Ubiome just got retweeted by at Duran Duran. For all of you 80s music lovers, let's have a collective moment of hungry like the microbe. <sighs> Not only is this sad because Duran Duran was relevant for like a week 40 years ago, but it's also wrong because 2019 would not be off to a great start for Ubiome. Later that month, in the San Francisco office of Ubiome was raided by the FBI. Oops. Uh, most likely after complaints were made from the insurance companies uh, that they had been swindling. Following the raid, both Apti and Richmond, who by this point had also developed a romantic entanglement. Wait, I thought they were already together. They were. I just never mentioned. I mentioned that to you before this episode started. Oh. Okay. Like, they were partners, like, as in business partners. Oh! Oh, so maybe you heard that. Yeah, they were business partners, but I had not mentioned yet that they were also, like, seeing each other. I'm horny. So when you said partner... You just thought it was sexual? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they were business partners, and then it became sexual. Nice. Uh, they were actually married. Hit. They got married. What's he look like? Gross. You saw a picture of him. He looks like every... He, he, was it with her? Yeah. He was like in the corner of one of the pictures. Like he's in... He did, is, he's got like... Oh, one him? Pic yeah, that's him. That woof. Their kids would have very curly hair. Well, they'd be smart, hopefully. Uh, I would I would not pay to watch them have sex. That insinuates you pay to see a lot of people have sex. Um, I haven't, actually. Yeah, you haven't, but I'm not asking if you have. I'm asking if you would. Um, no. Because the way you phrase it, it seems like I would not pay to watch them have sex. I think like I meant 80% I, I of people think, you would. I think I meant I would not watch them have sex, even for free. But you would a lot of people? Depending on the couple. All right, great. We're, we don't have to get into it. Uh <laughs> you never watched porn, Kishan. Not once in my life. Not once. Hallelujah. Not once ever. Uh, what what a what a pure little lamb over here. Yep. I don't even know what that is, actually. A chaste a chaste angel. Yep, that's me. More like chafed am I <laughs> Am I right? It is getting warm outside. Am I right? Uh so so they had developed a an an entanglement that formed into a marriage at this point. Uh and they were put on administrative leave while an internal investigation was conducted by Ubiome after that FBI raid. Two months later, the two were fired for their part in orchestrating the fraud. And this whole time, the SEC was also drafting a complaint covering the fraud in its entirety, seeking compensation for their securities and exchange violations, the lying to investors mm -hmm. part, that kind of thing. Um, but the real shit hit the fan when formal charges were filed by the Northern District of California, charging the pair with 47 counts of of fraud of various kinds, the usual mail, wire, defrauding investors, all of the normal kinds of frauds that most people and we get always cover. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, according to that court filing, the two were wanted fugitives at the time that it was released, though not in custody, and they remain that way to this day. What? Yeah, this was so. Most of this was happening in 2021. They are like. Here's the thing, though. It was hard to find any more 
news on the story since 2021, though. It was literally like, they're fugitives. Here's what happened. And then, like, it went fucking silent. I really had to, like, scour to finally find a place. And I don't even know how reliable of a source it is. But they said that the FBI believes that they are actually hiding in Germany currently. Mm. Because Apti has German citizenship. He has dual citizenship. Um, which also happens to extend to his wife. Um, why does everybody always go to Germany? He has family there. I know, but like Martin Frankel went to Germany. I feel like there was, oh no, that German guy that we covered is still on the run and we don't know where he is. Oh yeah, the wire card guy? Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people, like when they get, when they get in trouble, they leave and go to Germany. Uh, I mean, the guy from, the guy from the, uh, the one MDB scandal, he's in China, so there's that's there's true. One. But he was also from Malaysia, so it's like kind of yeah close. So I mean, whatever. Um, I don't know. I think they just go to they bounce around a lot of European countries usually, trying to get out. But specifically, that's why he went there. So it it's believed he's there. It's believed they're both there to this day, and that because of the citizenship thing, uh, there's not really a large chance of extradition. Mm. So if you're a German listener. Let us know if you've seen the poop bandits around recently. Look them up. Keep an eye out. If you see something, say something, right? Yeah, don't hold it in. Let it out. Yeah. So, that's... I know it's kind of anticlimactic, but that's where we're left. The poop insurance fraudsters. (laughs) Oh, which, by the way, uh, I guess I should say... You buy them dissolved. They filed for originally Chapter 11, like restructuring bankruptcy, and then they moved that to a Chapter 7, liquidating bankruptcy. They are they are no Damn, more. Damn, they were flushed. They are no more. Yep, they're flushed. They're donezo, bro. Donezo. Yeah, the shit hit the fan. Um, so that's where we're left. The poop insurance fraudsters that took their dookie dough and absconded to Germany. <laughs> They promised to unlock the secrets to human health through sequencing of the gut microbiome, but in the end, their true intentions were shown. They made multiple clear directional choices for their business that sunk them further and further into the realm of fraud in order to squeeze the most money out of their business as they could. Like a shitty Bonnie and Clyde, they lived a dream of romance and crime only you probably won't see as many documentaries on this crime spree because of its overuse of insurance codes, which happen to be a lot less interesting than robbing cars. Either way, I hope that these two finally find justice for the multiple millions of dollars that they stole, both from insurance companies, which we know are evil entities, and from investors, ultra-rich people, which are probably also evil entities because it is this kind of greed, though, that perpetuates the system that is all about how you can exploit people to gain the most. We live in a greed-based society. That's capitalism. But somehow still act surprised every time these sort of moral failings happen in, in a company. Also... You're not going to catch me shitting in a bag anytime soon. Mm-mm. At least not on purpose. No, I'm not going to be. No, thank you. So we'll see. But, you know, so we can't. It, it's just this kind of like blatant thievery that happens constantly that's rewarded. It got rewarded with $100 million in funding. If they could have done it more sly, this could have gone on for who knows how long. Yeah. This is ba- this is bordering on legal. I bet a lot of companies do this, oh, but yeah. do it legally, right? So absolutely. So it's bullshit, and we hope you enjoy <laughs> enjoyed listening to it. We, or at least if you're not happy, we hope it inspires you to fucking hate these people a little bit more, eat the rich and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be good for your microbiome. Oh, eating the rich? Yeah, get a little rich in there. Yeah. You know, they, they always say you got to increase your, like, metal content, right? You got to get, like, you got to get iron, iron and, and magnesium. magnesium. So, so you might as well get a little gold in there. Eat them, yeah. eat, eat them, with, the, eat them with the jewelry on. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. If you are sitting back going, like, wow, I really enjoyed learning about a shit company today, and you want to express that online, 
in a public forum. Do it. Where people can see and read your words. You can do that on Apple Podcasts by writing us a review. We love that. Uh, you can also just leave five stars. We love that too. Uh, any means to an end, honestly. And you can also leave a review on Spotify. Uh, a rating at least. You can also like, follow, share, whatever uh, your podcatcher does. Do that. Show us a little love. Uh, that's totally free. It's also free to follow our socials. Uh, Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands. TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. Uh, Twitter at White Collars Pod. Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. Uh, and I know I mentioned TikTok. We do, we're do we doing these little, these little like, uh, preview or yeah like or a like, little trailer yeah or like runner episodes uh on, yeah. t- on tiktok every week now uh that's been super fun so you can go there like those share those that helps us a lot uh because we're in a we're in a time where now tiktok's the big marketing place yep. that's where you got to be and i'm sorry to all the people that are our age that are confused about it but it's how you got to do it now so if you're still one of those people like i don't use tiktok that's for the kids yeah you, you gotta i'm sorry it's it's a necessary evil now, like taxes or the Pope. Yep, we're also on YouTube. We're also on YouTube. That's right at White Collars Red Hands. Surprise! Uh, they have our full video uh, episodes. You can also watch our videos on Spotify if that's your thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not available anywhere else. So if you want to watch, you gotta go there. Yep. Um, see our beautiful faces. Interact with us. You know, like. Statistics show that people like podcasts where you can make eye contact with the people more for some reason, even though we look like this. Well, speak for yourself. I don't know if they're there for that. Uh, you're wearing the wrong shirt. Wrong shirt for that today. Yeah. Um, well, so they can imagine. Once again, it's not. We were talking about the swimsuit edition beforehand. They don't got to imagine anymore. There's a wealth, a wealth of information online. Not that I'd know. Uh, you wouldn't know about that because you are a chaste angel. I'm very pure. Um, so you can go there, support us. Uh, you can pay for merch. Oh, yeah. You want a shirt? You want a hoodie? You want a mug? You want a bag? All that's available at TeePublic. Uh, the link is in the show description. Or you can go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. You can drop us a line there, too. Or you can go check in our merch at the Check in Our Merch tab. I uh, want to communicate us with... Uh, with us another way I don't fucking know uh, you want to communicate with us another way you can send us an email whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com uh, or DM us on any one of those tell a friend also yeah phone a friend yeah uh, force them to listen to an episode just whatever you know tell them you'll only you'll only pay them the 20 bucks that you owe them if they listen to five episodes of White Collars Red Hands. There you go. That's five hours. That's $5 an hour. That's fine. That's not even math. I did math wrong. Whatever. I, it's late. I'm tired. That's a signal that we should stop. Thank you, for, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars Red, Red Hands. Hands.